Hello, everybody. I'm Pam Pastor, host of the Grace and Peace of God Love Wins podcast. I am thrilled that you found me. There is power in the name of Jesus. As we journey together, we'll unleash discoveries of how to turn a heart of stone into one of moldable clay for the potter to transform. I hope you'll join me and others each week as we adventure and explore life together. Periodically, we'll delve into my mailbag and answer questions from listeners just like you. If you have a question, make sure and email it to me at pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Again, pampastorcopywriting at gmail.com. Well, today we're going to be looking at the conniving and careless tongue, wrapping up our series on the four types of speech. And yesterday we had discussed the importance of words in our life, specifically the controlled tongue. And as promised, we're going to follow up with our word study that focuses on the other two types of speech that we should avoid. But before we journey into what not to say or think, let's review what good and healthy communication looks like. Like there are two types of effective speech there are the controlled and caring tongues. People who think before speaking have a gift of knowing when silence is best and offer others wise advice. These are people who have been deemed to have a controlled tongue. And then there's others who speak truthfully, all the while offering encouragement to others. And these people are those who use a caring tongue. And it seems to be a rarity to always use a controlled and caring tongue. However, if we truly desire to be obedient to God's word and live inside of his will, we will make every effort to do so. We recognize the need to stop being triggered by outside and even inside of our body stimuli. A clear question emerges at this point. If we know what to do, why aren't we always doing it? And this really is a great question and one with an answer that may surprise some. We have a foe that's constantly trying to keep us from God's best for our lives and the lives of others that we interact with. It really is that simple. And until we realize that we're involved in a spiritual battle for our souls, we will struggle with our thoughts and our words. Here's what we know about our enemy. He's been crafting a battle plan for God's children from the time they were born. The minute we officially became a child of God and accepted Jesus's work at the cross, the strategy was executed. Any friend of God is a foe of the enemy. What are we to do, you may be asking, since the enemy is unseen? We're to put on the whole armor of God against our enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 is adamant, stating a final word, be strong with the Lord's mighty power. We're to put on all of God's armor, not our own, so that we'll be able to stand, not sit in an inactive, unprepared stance, but stand in an active, and ready position against all, not some, of the strategies and tricks of the devil. God's very clear in telling us that we're not fighting against flesh and blood people, but against the evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, and against wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. 
First John chapter 2 verse 16 says, For the world offers only the lust for physical pleasure, the lust for everything we see, and the pride in our possessions. These are not from the Father, they are from the evil world. And this scripture verse is telling us that sometimes worldliness in our speech and desires comes from within ourselves. It's not limited to our friendships, the places we travel, or the activities that we enjoy. This pattern begins in our hearts and is characterized by these three attitudes, which are preoccupation with physical desires materialism, constantly craving and accumulating things, or even pride in our possessions. When we're obsessed with our status or our importance, we no longer watch our tongues. This is an area where we can easily fool ourselves in. We need to be careful not to give the impression that we've overcome these worldly desires only to have them within our hearts. When we value God's kingdom, we can avoid being tempted to have wrong thoughts and speech. Alternatively, God longs for us to value self-control in the use of our tongues, to have a spirit of generosity in our actions, and to be humbly committed to service for His kingdom. An argument may be made that putting on the whole spiritual armor of God daily will help us to speak and live better. Here's why. First, visualize a Roman soldier in your mind's eye. This soldier is dressed with the helmet of salvation covering his head. Figuratively, we're putting on the strength of God. He's clothing us to do battle by giving us the Holy Spirit, who's a warrior in the life of a Christian. He knows precisely how to engage in battle against rulers of darkness, the evil forces of fallen angels headed up by Satan. A Christian soldier's mind is a priority as the number one area to protect. The enemy attempts to gain a foothold in and infiltrate us within the recesses of our minds, causing us to create strongholds in our mind very early on in life. And a stronghold is a pattern of thought that acts like a fortress. The Holy Spirit must work overtime in getting the truth into us. And this may take more prayer and fasting to rid ourselves of these strongholds. When we believe the lies of the enemy, our minds relate this to our hearts and pieces of our hearts become calloused and stony. This is an example of where conniving and careless tongue originate from. But by putting on the belt of truth, we're assured victory in our speech and in our thoughts. This belt holds the soldier's sword and breastplate in place. And Jesus is synonymous with the truth. His truth helps us to break free from any and all strongholds in our lives. The breastplate of righteousness is God's full body armor for the believer. This is yet one more way our defenses deflect the fiery arrows being sent our way to harm our thinking. God really does guard our hearts. Our shoes or sandals are the peace of God that come from the good news of the Bible. The Roman soldier's sandals were heavy, providing traction for battle. In every battle, our thoughts and minds must utilize faith. Our shield stops the fiery arrows aimed at us from the enemy. The shield encompasses God's promises. 
And the Holy Spirit is responsible for our faith and gives us more as our levels continue to increase. Our faith, as we've said on previous podcasts, must be in Jesus. This is known as a saving faith. Finally, we have the sword of the Spirit. This is our only offensive weapon within the full armor of God. The sword is equivalent to individual scripture verses. The sword activates power in our thought life and within our speech. As believers, we have an entire armory to choose from when selecting a sword. We're told in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, Be careful. Watch out for attacks from the devil, your great enemy. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. And it's important to notate that he walks around like a roaring lion, not as a roaring lion. Did you get that distinction? Like a roaring lion, not as a roaring lion. So this distinction is letting us know that God has already defeated our enemies. We need not be intimidated by this enemy. Peter was the perfect man to offer up this advice. Once God had to reprimand reprimand Peter in Matthew chapter 16, verse 23, Jesus turned to Peter and said, Get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Jesus had forewarned and plainly told his disciples of what was to come regarding his death, burial, and resurrection. Peter, in his selfish ambition, took Jesus aside in an attempt to correct him. Peter said, Heaven forbids, Lord, this will never happen to you. Jesus knew of his father's will. It had to happen to fulfill his destiny on earth. This is one example of how insidious Satan is. Just as he also tricked Adam and Eve into questioning, Is that really what God said? When we know and obey the word of God, we do not fall victim to Satan's schemes. In another instance, we find Peter asked Jesus, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you'll follow me later. Peter asked why he couldn't come now. He said he was ready to die for the Lord. Die for me? No, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. Oftentimes, we're so excited that we overestimate our level of commitment. We shouldn't think more highly of ourselves than we ought to be, is what Paul said. We are human. As we grow in our knowledge and commitment to Jesus, our faith will also expand and grow. When we're humble before God, he will bless us and honor us. Sometimes we won't see it in this life, but nothing done for the glory of God will go unnoticed by his kingdom. We're promised Christ as a reward of our inheritance, and we in turn are Christ's inheritance. We must remember, Satan's kryptonite is no match for the armor of God against our heart, mind, and souls. We're given the full armor of God to withstand spiritual warfare. This is a battle Christ has already won. We need only to profess out loud God's word, which is full of blessings and promises. Fear not is God's mantra in the heartbeat of every Christian. 
Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17 tells us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper and every tongue which rises against us in judgment you shall condemn. The book of Proverbs offers us insightful advice for avoiding evil by not being foolish, but rather wise in our discernment of the wicked. Specifically, chapter 6, verses 12 through 14 says, Here is a description of worthless and wicked people. They're constant liars, signaling their true intentions to their friends by making signs with their eyes and feet and fingers. Their perverted hearts plot evil. They stir up trouble constantly, but they'll be destroyed suddenly, broken beyond all hope of healing. Further reading illuminates the more that we love God by fearing and respecting him, the more we will hate evil. Love for God and love for sin are incompatible and cannot coexist. And have you ever found yourself around another person who insists on gossiping? Or maybe it's you. Scripture teaches in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 8, that rumors are dainty morsels, but they sink deep into one's heart. Sometimes forgoing gossip is as hard as skipping dessert, especially if you have 32 sweet teeth. When we succumb and take just one morsel, we crave and desire more. So what are we to do then? By allowing the Holy Spirit to help us, we can resist in his strength the temptation to ever open up the proverbial box of chocolate. When we don't nibble on the first bite, we won't be tempted to take a second and a third. Along this same vein, gossip is found to be detrimental to people. Proverbs chapter 25 verse 18 says, Telling lies about others is as harmful as hitting them with an axe wounding them with a sword, or shooting them with a sharp arrow. Have you ever been the brunt of a lie, even a small white lie? The lie is not innocuous. A web is formed in no time, and the target is left bound to the damage. Lying about others, or even lying to ourselves, is vicious. The effects can be as permanent as the wounds inflicted. And this should be a reminder for us all that passing on gossip is akin to wounding the intended victim of our remarks with a sword. Maybe, just maybe, we'll shock ourselves into being silent. We can make a conscious choice to not talk about every irritation that another person commits. When we do engage, the gossip rages forth like the fires of anger that it truly is. But when we refuse to participate and discuss these irritations, the fuel line to the fire is cut off. By choosing not to engage, we'll be, we will see the irritation die from a lack of fuel. The careless tongue hates and slanders others. The only way out of this trap is to admit to God how we feel and ask him to change our hearts. And in Proverbs chapter 20 verse 19 reminds us, a gossip tells secrets. So don't hang around with someone who talks too much. It's important to realize when we're listening to a friend or a loved one gossip, invariably we're the next ones on that target victim list. And this is when we can speak Jesus's truth and remind another that we're to have confidence in the strength of Jesus and that boasting or gossiping is just simply foolish. 
And finally, friends, Proverbs says this about a conniving or careless tongue in chapter 25, verse 23, as surely as a wind from the north brings rain, so a gossiping tongue causes anger. Instead of gossiping about another, God's former retaliation is the most effective and yet most difficult to do. We're to pray for those who hurt us. We must get into the habit of returning good for evil. God balances all accounts as our ultimate vindicator. And in John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus said, But when the Father sends the counselor as my representative, and by the counselor, I mean the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything I myself have told you. When we pray to Jesus, we can ask him to allow the Holy Spirit to plant right thoughts, truth, and healthy attitudes into our minds and in our hearts. This is one way to overcome the conniving and careless tongue. Instead, the Holy Spirit convinces us of God's will and helps remind us when we stray from it. Friends, today, if you want to become a child of God and spend eternity in heaven, not somewhere else, then I invite you to pray this prayer of invitation to our Lord Jesus Christ. Simply repeat after me, Lord Jesus I repent and turn away from my sins. Come into and take up residence within my heart. I believe your blood was shed for all who believe that you took on the sin of humanity at the cross of Calvary. Amen. And friends, if you prayed that prayer of salvation, I believe you were saved and born again spiritually. Your next step is to read God's word daily so he can guide, direct, and reveal himself to you. And get into a good Bible-based church to surround yourself with other believers. Now let me be the first to congratulate you on the most important decision you've ever made. Congratulations and God bless you. And one of Priest Aaron's contributions he left for us is this benediction. As you go out into the world, allow me to pray this blessing over you. It's from Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favor and give you his peace. Amen. The grace and peace of love. Peace of God, excuse me, Love Wins podcast will be available most days during the week. A special Kid Talk podcast will air on Wednesdays. So tune in along with your children for your favorite Bible stories that you may have grown up with. And we'll be discussing and sharing Jesus's unlimited power in our present day lives. We'll delve into many topics such as forgiveness how to be joyful, and what love in action looks like, and many more topics. I invite you and your friends to come alongside me as we embark on a podcast of adventure and exploration of life together. So please join me. And if you like this podcast, make sure and like and subscribe so you'll get the latest episodes when they become available. And much of today's podcast was referencing my book, The Grace and Peace of God, Love Wins. If you found the content inspiring or interesting, you can pick up a copy of the book from my website, pampastorcopywriting.com or at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Dorrance.com. And if you're unable to afford a copy, please write to me and I'll find a way to get a free copy into your hands. And if you know anyone who may be interested in this material, please share a copy with them too. 
And until next time, friends, be blessed.